Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval, renaissance, and baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. What do LCD sound system, Johannes Suzway, the Beastie Boys, and Antoine Bunois all have in common? Give up? They've all engaged in the art of musical name-dropping, paying respect to the masters that came before them. This hour on Harmonia will bring you music that gives credit where credit is due. During a time when intellectual property wasn't nearly as much of a hot-button issue, copying a master composer's music was often accompanied by acknowledgement of that master. Plus, our featured release by Musica Nova showcases a work that was written in memory of celebrated 14th century poet and composer Guillaume de Machaut. Let's begin with a late 14th century motet composed by Bernard de Cluny, containing three separate texts. Two manuscripts are known to contain copies of this motet. Whoever wrote the poetic verses acknowledges musical masters both living and deceased, in addition to calling attention to Bernard himself as one who, quote, sustains the practice of art with theory, offering his work to all as a gift of salvation. One of the texts mentions Pythagoras and Boethius, two gentlemen who some consider the founding fathers of music theory. Pythagoras receives several shout-outs from composers elsewhere in the Middle Ages and Renaissance as well.
We heard a late 14th century motet composed by Bernard de Cluny that contains three separate texts. It was performed here by Musica Nova, directed by Lucien Candel. At the end of this motet, the third texted line notes the members of a collegium of musicians numbering 12. Among this collegium are names well-known today, like poet-composer Guillaume de Machaut, composer and singer Egidio de Morino, and composer-theorist Philip de Vitry. In medieval teaching treatises, it was often mentioned that part of attaining mastery was copying a master, or expanding upon something that a master had already created. Homage in early music, however, was often paid in far more complicated ways. One of the most popular methods of acknowledging one's gratitude was to mention the master's name in a musical work. An early example of this shows up in a ballade tribute by Johannes Suzue, a composer represented by only three works which are found in the late 14th century manuscript, the Chantilly Codex. Greek philosopher Pythagoras, known for his contributions not only to acoustics and music theory, but also to mathematics and a host of other intellectual arenas, is the first to appear in Suzue's ballade. The second is Eubal, a biblical figure who is said to have been the father of all who play the harp and flute. He's the son of Lamech, who's mentioned in a different work from the Chantilly Codex. Finally, Orpheus, that revered musician from Greek mythology who's able to sway all living creatures with his voice and lyre, is given a mention. The text refers to these fellows as, quote, the first fathers of melody, with a declaration that, quote, all who live today should praise their skill and mastery and rightly show that music is the source of all honor and of the highest love.
Johannes Suswe pays tribute to the founding fathers of the musical arts, whether real or imagined, with his 14th century ballad entitled Pythagoras, Jabul, e Orpheus. We heard it here performed by Ensemble Project Ars Nova. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music. A teacher doesn't have to be moldering in the dust in order to have tribute paid. Living mentors are also frequent subjects of praise. One entertaining case of friendly compliments and challenges emerged from a pair of Franco-Flemish composers who both worked around 1465 at the Collegiate Church of St. Martin in Tours. Antoine Bunois was a subdeacon and at least 20 years younger than Johannes Ockeghem, who was the treasurer, yet both rose to positions of prominence in the musical elite of the Low Countries. Bunois must have thought very highly of the old master, as evidenced by a motet he wrote a couple of years later at the court of Charles, Duke of Burgundy. The lengths to which Bunois goes to sing praise of Ockeghem are truly magnificent. In the text, he compares his mentor with Pythagoras's discovery of the proportional qualities of musical intervals and ends the motet by saluting Ockeghem as the true image of Orpheus. The technical accomplishments hidden in this motet are remarkable. Benoit used Pythagorean intervals to organize and shift around the lowest vocal line's notes, and that changed the speed at which they're sung. So when Ockeghem's name finally shows up in the text, it's accompanied by a pattern of notes that becomes a sort of theme for the motet until its closure.
We heard a motet chanson called In Hydralis that celebrates and honors the Franco-Flemish composer Johannes Ockeghem. It was composed by one of his younger contemporaries, Antoine Bunois. Diabolus in Musica performed this particular rendition of the motet. What's fascinating about this musical tribute is that Ockeghem apparently returned the compliment by composing an even more technically subtle motet called Ut Heremita Solus for Bunois. The title makes a pun out of the word hermit in reference to Bunois' patron saint and to the fact that an intelligent hermit is alone in his impressive accomplishments. Ockeghem also took the theme that was joined to his name in, in Hydralis and modified it into a completely different set of transformations for his motet in response to Bunois, effectively tipping his hat to his protege.
one good turn deserves another. From the masterful hand of Johannes Ockeghem, we heard a motet written in gracious and flattering response to a similar tribute by his contemporary Antoine Bunois. It's rendered here instrumentally by members of Ensemble Nuzmido from a recent release that also features the previous motet by Bunois in Hydralis. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, fostering the performance, scholarship, and community of early music on the web at earlymusicamerica.org. I'm Angela Mariani. Sometimes we lose our chance to tell a mentor what he's meant to us. In the case of Johannes Ockeghem, his passing in 1497 was immortalized by several artists in both poetry and music. An especially touching tribute was a chanson written by Josquin Dupré as an eloquent and emotional déploration. The text is from a poem called Nymphe de Bois by Jean Molinet, which was also written in response to Ockeghem's death. Josquin composed the first part of the chanson in a style like Akagim himself, but when the second part begins, there's a shift in character to a more sparse, solemn, and introverted texture. This is where Molinet's poetry invokes the names of composers in the generations after Akagim, who are encouraged to, quote, put on the clothes of mourning and weep great tears from your eyes. Josquin, Pierre de la Rue, Antoine Brumel, and Loisset Compère are all mentioned, offering an implicit who's who of Franco-Flemish composers around the beginning of the 16th century.
we heard Josquin to praise Nymphe de Bois, a moving lamentation for the death of fellow Flemish composer Johannes Ockeghem. It was performed here by the Orlando Consort. You can find hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. The ensemble Musica Nova recorded a commemorative album honoring one of the 14th century's greatest artistic minds. Released in 2011, it's entitled In Memoriam Guillaume de Machaut, and the work that most embodies this release is the double ballade by Franciscus Andrieu called Arm Amour. Andrieu musically set a poem of the same name that was written by the French poet Eustache Deschamps. While the text has been adapted slightly for use by Andrieu, the gist is very much the same, that artists of every stripe should deplore the death of such a towering figure of the arts, and that all instruments should perform praises and lamentations toward his remembrance. In a turn not unlike Josquin's imitation of Ockeghem's compositional style, Andrieu deploys a similar four-voice treatment of the ballade as Machaut once did. Machaut's tricky harmonies are even brought to the fore by Andrieu as an homage. Listen carefully to hear the dolorous exhortation of, quote, L'amour Machaut, le noble rhétorique, or the death of Machaut, the noble rhetorician.
a fitting tribute to a composer who was also a renowned poet. From our featured release by Musica Nova, we heard the double ballad by Franciscus Andriu called Arm Amour, O Fleur des Fleurs, which inspired the album's title of In Memoriam Guillaume de Machaut. Learn more about recent early music CDs on the Harmonia Early Music podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any part of this program or about early music in general. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writer for this edition of Harmonia is Benjamin Robinette. Thanks to our studio engineer Mike Pashkash and our staff, Janelle Davis, John Bailey, Elizabeth Clark, and Joe Getz. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Luann Johnson, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. <laughs>